0: Vaseline is like the, a miracle product yeah. that all runners should apply often, early, often, and liberally. Yeah. It's, it's a lifesaver.
1: Vaseline or, or baby oil. I use baby oh, oil. Yeah, yeah, you yeah a little this. bit.
0: I think it's a bit weird, actually. I don't like
1: the glugginess of Vaseline. Oh, really? I feel yeah, like put, I'm
0: putting on chain grease or something. Putting it on wrong. Oh, just the baby oil is a bit poser ish. You know? <laughs> it's like you go off to a photo shoot.
1: Kia ora and welcome everyone to the Kiwi Running Show, episode 35, man. My, my name is Hayden Sherman and with me is Hamish Meacham.
0: G'day, Hayden. How's your training going, mate?
1: Uh, oh, it's going all right. It's, it's not it's not amazing at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. I've had some some health complications that are giving me a bit of mild asthma.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just a real hassle. Yeah, and, I've got some health complications myself. Yeah. It's called uh, pre-diabetes, which is uh, really affecting my training as well, so yeah so you you were looking at a few
1: track events is that still on the cards or yeah i mean this weekend i was going to open at uh, the parrot classic and in, in hamilton yep. um and do the 5k um man i'm just not not pulling the i'm going the to longer you, intervals I yeah me, i can give you a ride down <laughs> there if you want um well uh, i don't know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. i'm just not able to do any speed Eh. um yeah. it's really really knocked off my top end so anything sort of around that three minutes per K which you need to be doing um, on the track is just really hard work and a few months ago I was doing it fine but now it's like yeah 320s are feeling like three three so yeah yeah, I'm so, not, not going to be running any 5k PBs off that Yeah, yeah, yeah. no,
0: definitely not Right, yeah. so an exciting show What's on the agenda for today?
1: Alright, so we've got a bit of news Well, a lot of news um, We've got a lot to catch up on There's been a big athletics meet in Australia um, Nitro athletics Yeah, Nitro athletics um, That we need to talk about uh, There's trail races There's all sorts of stuff happening There's a bit of sad news as that, well That we're going to cover off um, yeah. uh, And sort of... We're really celebrate a a key figure in New Zealand uh, running life and then we're going to talk about running in the heat.
0: Yeah yeah which uh, very apt I know uh, a lot of people would have headed out yesterday with uh, sorry Monday being Waitangi day oh perfect day for a nice long run I think a lot of people get caught out when the temperature gets above kind of 24 25 (laughs) thinking they can smash out a long run and it and, and turns into a suffer
1: fest because so, yeah. it feels good at first your muscles are all warmed up yeah, ready to roll yeah. and then you're like oh 10 yeah. minutes in I'm sweating and yeah. I can't make it stop so we'll talk about that um, and you've got a great
0: interview that you've lined up
1: yeah so we've got Paul Charteris on the phone he's the founder and race director of the Tatawera Ultra yeah. so really interesting to chat to him um, about the, the evolution and it has been a very quick evolution um, full of hard work but um, it's it's been a, a, quite a cool story of a Kiwi race just exploding yeah. on the world scene. Yeah, yeah.
0: exciting. Well, So thinking, talk, talking of uh, cool stories, we're going to kick into some news. Um, and I'm going to... Lots of results. So we're just going to pull out a few that kind of caught our eye. And I'm going to start off Hayden with the Athletics Wellington 5000 meter champs. Now the guys race pretty standard old uh rowan hooper evergreen rowan hooper he's about 45 years old no he's not uh he's about 54 he's about 39 he's a year or two older than me yeah. yeah
1: i think i remember chatting to him actually he's coming up to the master's grades yeah yeah. so in fact he might be in my my world masters category which yeah isn't good for my world masters <laughs> campaign but <you> know,
0: anyway, <laughs> watch out for that yeah look he's been on the scene for ages he's got a great story actually um, You know, uh, educate. I think he went to Cambridge. Was a Rhodes Scholar over there. Really? Yep, smart guy. But anyway, he won the Wellington Men's 5K champs, uh, beating his young teammate Harry Bernard. Nothing, you know, nothing fantastic with the time fifteen thirty five. Just mention that because it was probably in a hundred k northerlies
1: or (laughs) southerlies.
0: That makes then the women's result even more impressive because young Phoebe McKnight ran an absolutely blazing time. She's 15 years old. She ran 16.48 nice. for 5K. All right. So Phoebe's uh, a former swimmer. She's uh, She has come through some of the high-performance swimming programs, and uh, she's made a really sensible decision to quit swimming, which is a, a dead-end sport, and get into <laughs> athletics. And this, like, 16.48 at 15... You know that to put it in context the New Zealand under 20 record is 1606 so wow. she's got uh, four years to take off 40 seconds or, or so so yeah really good running she's coming with a super <coughs> strong aerobic base you can tell and uh, clearly uh, it, it makes me excited I haven't seen her run in person I'm looking forward to seeing how she runs and tracking her development so a name for the future perhaps yeah. Phoebe McKnight.
1: When swimmers transfer to running, I think they bring a lot of that mental strength from staring at a black line going crazy, and then they come out and they're running, and it's like, oh, I'm just running around in circles. This is way more interesting than um, looking at a pool.
0: And you can immediately just cut down your weekly training time, cut it in half, yeah. And
1: you'll still be doing heaps of riding. Still be doing more than most runners.
0: I remember uh, at high school in my year was a girl, Alison Fitch, who was uh, an, an Olympian. So I was kind of just getting into athletics and she was going to the Olympics when we were yeah. 16. And I, But I thought I was pretty hot shit, because I do. Um, and so I was like, oh yeah, training really hard at the moment, you know. And she's like, oh, how many kilometres a week do you train? And I was like, oh. You know, I'm in my base phase, so it's pretty heavy. I'm up to about 35 kilometres a week. <laughs> She's a nice girl. Didn't mean to do it, but she laughed at me. And, she, and I was, like, quite hurt. And she was like, oh, I... I'm swimming 50 kilometres a week. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, ah, It's, it's a It's actually a mad sport, swimming. Like, yeah, yeah. Those who, who take it seriously, I have
1: huge respect for, but
0: yeah. yeah. Anyway, and, you've yeah. got some ultra news for us, Hayden. Yes,
1: so the big easy, which is... Um, it's definitely big but it's not easy it's 100k uh, down in Wanaka and they basically from what I know they, they run over the hills and end around around Snow Farm somewhere near Kadrona there um, and 100k and there's almost 5,000 metres of vertical climbing so that is ridiculous Yeah. Um, so the the winners is a name who's becoming synonymous with winning the the big trail ultras yep. around New Zealand so Sam McCutche he cleaned up the 100k in a time of 10 hours 36 which is almost rolling along at 10k an hour 6k Um, an hour it's 100k oh, oh is it okay yeah yeah whatever um and so he um yeah he won by almost an hour 52 minutes yeah um very impressive win and then louise clifton uh won the women's race in 1308 and she won by over an hour so well done you two well done to everyone who's battling through the elements down there yeah um i know there's been a few sort of venture races down the south island dealing with some pretty tricky weather i think they would have got the better end of the stick with the weather um that weekend but yeah yeah
0: um, and so we're going to jump back up to the top half of the country before going back down to talk about more mountain running so here in auckland we uh, picked out some results from the auckland city athletics club nights On the 1st of February, Olivia Byrne, uh, really good running, 424 for 1,500 metres. So uh, obviously 1,500 is at the lower end of her running spectrum, but pretty good speed there. And uh, also notice young Georgia Claude, 458. Of course, her dad, uh, Phil Claude, multiple New Zealand representatives, so pretty good running. Uh, One that really caught the eye, young Peter Wheeler. 354 for 1500 which was a big PB so really really good running and I was thinking about it like when I was a a young fella basically there was only ever 4 or 5 people a year who would go under 4 minutes for 1500 and if you could go under 4 minutes for 1500 you were pretty much dead set guaranteed to get a medal at nationals Yeah,
1: you're talking juniors eh? yeah
0: yeah yeah and it's just a different game for the juniors now like the, the best juniors are running low 350s year in and year out. So,
1: yeah, really. Well, now we're seeing a lot of juniors going into the 340s and yeah. sort of knocking on that sort of four minutes for a mile yeah. door sort of territory. So, yeah,
0: it's great. It's good. It's, it's good to cool. see. So, uh, and then the other one that popped out is uh, John O Jackson has shoes will race. So he ran a a 5k in 1454, which Pretty much looked like a solo run, Uh, Tom Moyes in second in 15.15, so uh, Jono Jackson obviously
1: lining up some track races and, and looking pretty sharp, so that's good yeah very cool now there was also a uh, a trail race down in Wanaka I don't know if this was attached to the, the Big Easy so right down the bottom of the results um, where young Jack Beaumont uh, took out the win at, what was the race called again? Uh,
0: Roy's Peak <laughs> Sky Run yeah. the Sky Run down in Wanaka so uh, it's quite a well established event and Jack Beaumont has just smashed it made a new course record of one twenty-four twenty-five. Um, So Sabrina Gordon Winning the women's race in 140 That's pretty good as well but Jack Beaumont, he's an exciting young talent, really, isn't he? He's doing really well.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is. He's he's sort of one of those track runners who's come over to the the trail world and finds himself very able to get up these vertical yeah. inclines. Yeah. Um, I, and, and you heard that he's sort of targeting New Zealand uh, world, world running champs? Yeah, oh, yeah. World running, mountain running champs. Yeah, <laughs> look,
0: my understanding is uh, he's going to run the New Zealand track and field champs, so yeah. still a junior. I don't know what he's planning to race, but... He'll look to pick up a title there, no doubt. He's he's well capable of running way under 15 minutes on the track, and then uh, less than a month later is the national mountain running champs in uh, Queenstown, I think, and yeah. uh, and he's planning to run those as well. What I want to know is, is he going to run the seniors? And I I can't imagine if he did run the seniors, I can't imagine who's going to beat him. You know, I know we've got a lot of really good runners, trail runners, off-road runners, but up a hill right now, I'd I'd uh, postulate that Jack Beaumont's the fastest Kiwi up a hill
1: Yeah, a few of our other mountain runners Are getting a little bit long in the tooth Or, 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 or have moved away So yeah. um, guys like Glenn Hughes living in London And John O'White um, living in Italy So yeah, yeah local guys um, Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the next generation He is the next generation He's well coached uh, by Lance Smith Down there in the deep south I don't know exactly I don't know much about the South Island I don't keep up with uh, (laughs) don't really consider it really a proper part of our country but you know they're doing some good stuff down there so I look forward to seeing some more results from him Um, we're gonna jump straight to some Australian results
1: Yeah. so the Nitro athletics I'm just gonna do a little cough because I'm dying
0: I'll I'll let Hayden cough his lungs out and I'm going to ramble about Nitro Athletics. I'm back. (laughs) So neither of us got to watch Nitro Athletics. It's on Sky and we're both too cheap to have Sky subscriptions. Um, Yeah, Yeah, But it was in the news. It had pretty good media coverage.
1: Yeah, so um, basically, what it is is a series of three three meets. Um, the first one was on the fourth of February, I think, and then Correct. the ninth, and then, then the eleventh February. So still two more to come. They're broadcast live on Channel Seven in Australia, and I think delayed coverage here in New Zealand. And basically, you go on their website, and they they are trying to transform athletics and make it yeah. make it exciting the, again. The, the, the terms the language that they, they use is
0: kind of taking the T20 model of cricket yeah. and applying it to athletics so yeah. just to, to make the sport much much more exciting from an a
1: in-house spectator's point of view yeah very cool and it it does need a little bit of a a hype up I think um, like the purists like us can go down and be pretty entertained, but I think other people that don't really understand maybe the times or the distances that people are achieving and just see someone biffing a heavy thing yeah. um, at or someone Moving reasonably quickly, even though they kind of look like they're jogging the ten thousand metres. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to appreciate exactly what's going on, but this is a way of of spicing it up.
0: Yeah, so. and, and you know, and it's a team based competition, so there's uh, England, Japan, China, Australia, New Zealand and the Bolt All Stars, which is uh, you know Usain Bolt. Has yeah. hand picked his own team, and that's got a few Aussies, a few Kiwis, a couple of Kenyans. Like it's a really strong team, but that team competition is is really a big draw card and it's something that people can easily understand and it's something we generally miss out on in the sport, we don't push the team aspect of our sport that much here in New Zealand so.
1: Yeah, it's a shame eh, we do it at the National Track and Field Champs but it's kind of an afterthought Yeah. and um, I mean even at the Olympics we kind of look at the overall medal table we don't look at um, the, the country's table and same with the World Athletics Champs, we, we don't really look at that country yeah. table because it doesn't really mean that much but yeah it's it's quite cool so shall we run through some of the, the different events that they they've got particularly the running events so yeah. the one that caught my eye was the uh, the mile where they the person who's coming last gets pulled out of the race at the end of each lap yeah
0: yeah so an elimination mile uh, so I, I think they had five or six starters in each race yeah six six starters yeah and yep. at the end of lap one two and three the last, whoever was last had to pull out, which yeah. um, the, they call it devil take high most or elimination race. So, you know, it kind of makes for slow times because you're going to adjust your tactics. Yep, your jog, make,
1: then your sprint. Yeah, yep. yeah.
0: But, um, you know, it looks pretty exciting. The one that caught my eye was the uh, two by three minute relay, which I've never seen that before. And that cool. looked really exciting. Camille Buscombe got drafted into... Uh, Team Bolt and actually took out the win along with uh, one of the Kenyan runners so yeah, yeah. I thought that looked pretty I got to watch a video of that it was pretty exciting
1: so uh- uh, what I understand, the males set off first and run for three minutes as far as they can. Yeah, I think the females. taken to the nearest 25 metres. The females went off first, I oh, believe, okay. and then
0: basically wherever they got to after three minutes is where the guy started from. Yeah. And they,
1: what, put a little marker there and yeah, then they. Some, I, yeah. Something
0: like that. And then uh, there was a little break and then the guys were away basically with a bit of a, you know, they had to catch up to whoever was in front. So, yeah. yeah. Sure. Exciting uh, Exciting race format If not a little strange Yeah But something It's pretty easy For the crowd to follow Because whoever's in front At the end When the gun goes yeah. That's the winner So.
1: And what I like About those two Different race types So you've got The elimination mile Which kind of Teaches surging And then the yeah. other one's more of a time trial Just go as far as you can yeah. Don't worry about The opposition um, I, I really like that Because it's teaching That two different yeah. Types of racing And it'll be interesting To see what the athletes Find uh, just uh, particularly the elimination mile, that ability to search, yeah. it's something that um, non-Africans don't do very well. well. We used to
0: have something similar here in New Zealand, uh, often in the international track series we'd run a, a 3000 metre dash for cash, Yeah. so from 600 metres on at the end of every lap, there would be a cash price oh, starting yeah, at 50 dollars, nice. then 75 then 100 then 125 all yeah. the way up to the winner would might get four or five hundred bucks but it, you know it did it, it taught that surging and it was great to see some of the tactics used where some people just try and grab the front and hold it Yeah, and, i'd go for the money i'd go for that 50 bucks and then take the money yeah, not the bag <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so you know it, it is exciting um the reviews of the meet were generally pretty positive um, You know, a few purists Kind of, you know, thinking Oh, it wasn't as good as it could have been Or blah, blah, blah But, yeah. uh, you know, I think the, the crowd size If you watch a bit of the coverage The crowd size says everything you need to know There was a lot of people who packed in to watch there You know, there won't be that many people At the Aussie Champs or the New Zealand Champs So yeah. it's working But was it just the Bolt Show? This is the big question. Oh, potentially. Hey, the sport's made on names. Like, we yeah. used to have crowds of 20,000-plus of coming down to watch John Walker. Um, you know, and it was all... Pe- they were just coming to watch John Walker. We've got Nick Willis now, but for some reason we're not leveraging these names, Nick Willis, Jack O'Gill, Eliza McCartney, into huge crowds. Yeah. So I, I don't think we quite understand how the marketplace has changed we can't just put on an athletics meet yeah. and that's what these guys have identified we've got to we've got to actually up our game to to get the punters in
1: yeah i think you're right and like ali vs fraser is a big thing because it's ali vs fraser not because it's the boxing heavyweight championship yeah. of the world yeah it's correct. the names that make it make the the yeah. thing big and, so and we need to create got, the names we've got names
0: you know and yeah. What what does success look like for a New Zealand Athletics Meet? It's it doesn't have to be thirty thousand people, it can be it can be seven hundred. Yeah. You know, paying ten bucks each. What you know, do the math on that, it's not bad. You know, you can afford to pay a bit of prize money or appearance money and, and get us we have some stars that people wanna see. But we yeah. just gotta package it up right and you know, say what you want, but Nitro Athletics is trying something and uh, you know, I think good on them. Yeah, I like it. Bring it on Long may all this Innovation continue
2: Yeah And yeah.
0: if you want to Check out Look I, We won't go too deep In the standout result From the Kiwi side of things Joseph Miller Ran A stunning 150 He ran 1529 For 150 metres Which kind of Do the math It's kind of Yeah it, 10.29 For 100 metres And then You know Still going at a faster speed So Yeah yeah it, So
1: you're looking at Just a tick over 20 For uh, for yeah, 200 Which yeah. would be a big PB For him Yeah
0: it? it actually looks like A bit of a breakthrough race He won the yeah. event So uh, You know I'm looking forward to seeing What he'll do over 100 Or 200 Later in the series And then You know Coming back here to New Zealand With not as much hype And competition Can he convert that Maybe into a sneaky World Champs qualifier. How long has it been since we had a 100-runner at World Champs? Yeah. So, you know, he might be our man to get us back there. So, if you want to check out any of those other results, jump on to athleticsnewzealand.org.nz. Lots of other national uh, events, results to check out.
1: So. Uh, oh, and also... um Do watch the the coverage on Sky on the 9th and the 11th. It may be the next day, I don't know, it might be later that night. It's
0: delayed coverage, I understand.
1: Yeah, yeah. so watch it, because I don't know if Sky has a way of tracking who numbers and um, if people watch it, but the more we watch the stuff on Sky, the more chance it will actually get picked up in future, because there have been instances in the past where things like Diamond Leagues haven't even shown when um, Valerie Adams and Nick Willis have been in... in, um, on display so watch it and we'll get more athletics on our screen
0: it's your duty as a fan of the sport to to (laughs) check this stuff out so get on to it cool so we're going to take a short break and uh,
1: come back with a little more news A very sad piece of news that uh, that came about just in the last week was uh, Wellington runner and masters athlete Bernie Potensky passed away. Um, she had uh, she had cancer and um, had been battling away for for quite a while and um, passed away uh, very very sadly um, just just over a week ago I think it was um, so she was a, a, a member of Wellington Scottish uh, the, the running club down in Wellington and a really key member in the the, the New Zealand marathon scene um, and Masters scene she's ever since the 80s when she started running has been an amazing member but um, to save me babbling on about it I'll I'll use the words of Grant McLean so he, a Masters runner in his own right, put together a wonderful piece on the Scottish Athletics site um, scottishathletics.org.nz so you can go and read it there, but I'll I'll read out the highlights from it um, now, so Grant writes, Bernie, an internationally celebrated Masters athlete, was known as the Iron Woman of New Zealand marathon running and has been synonymous with, Wellington, with the Wellington Scottish Athletics Club. Bernie is that rare individual who not only was a legend in running circles but transcended the sport into the public consciousness with her unique combination of inspirational story, running prowess and gregarious personality. Bernie's running story began in the early 1980s when she decided to have a go at the Fletcher Rotorua Marathon in 1981, a life-changing departure from her self-proclaimed party lifestyle. She quickly got the running bug and demonstrated a phenomenal capacity for racing and recovery along with her sister Michelle she was also an early trailblazer of the newfangled sport of triathlon although her first love ultimately was the marathon in 1983 she joined Scottish Harriers with her sister Michelle and this marked the real turning point of her running career. She won her first Rotorua marathon in 87 and was selected to represent New Zealand on four occasions in the following years at Perth Seoul, Los Angeles and Milan she also ran Rotorua four months pregnant in 1990 prior to the birth of her daughter Marie Jo. In 1992, Bernie, aged 42, ran a sensational 2.34 marathon in the Mountain Surf Marathon in Taranaki, running under the qualifying time for the Barcelona Olympics, but was controversially overlooked because the selectors thought that she was too old. Ouch. Bernie's following years defied that decision as she continued continued to churn multiple marathons culminating in a superlative spell in 1998 when at the age of 48 she won the Rotorua marathon for the third time in a stunning time of 2.43 of Bernie's total 114 marathons 33 were at Rotorua where she has become a symbol of the event this was one of six marathons that year which included a two week stint in which she won the New Zealand marathon Uh, so a two week stint in which she won the New Zealand Marathon championships outright in Auckland in 2.44 then went over to New York to win her age group in 3.03 and back to New Zealand to win the Canterbury Marathon in 2.55 she again won the Auckland Marathon outright at the age of 52 wow in 2001 that really is amazing Moving past marathons Bernie also dominated the track Between 1994 and 2010 Bernie set New Zealand and world records And marathon bests in all Masters grades from 40 to 60 plus By 2011 Age 62 62, Bernie held uh, 4 55 plus age group world records For middle and long distance running And 5 world records In 60 plus age group Including the half marathon and marathon She was most proud of her 60 to 64 age group records, particularly her 301. 301! She's over 60 at the Gold <laughs> Coast Marathon in 2011. Another fantastic achievement. To celebrate her 65th birthday she ran 65 kilometres from her home in Miramar to Eastbourne and back Um, so that's all the way around the Wellington Harbour if anyone's wondering um, with support from her running mates Um, Bernie is recognised nationally as an icon of Masters sport, referred to in Tiara, the Encyclopaedia of New Zealand, and internationally as a Masters running legend. The longevity of her running career and her uncompromising approach to training led her to be an inspiration to experienced and beginner runners here and around the globe. Bernie has also Secured a long term athlete sponsorship contract with Essex another impressive achievement for a master 's athlete um, so it, it goes on this piece to talk about her her work amongst um, the wellington running community and her commitment to her family and um yeah just a an incredible incredible member of the running community and she will be she will be missed she she left us too early um yeah so thoughts go out to her and her family and um thank you for grant for putting that awesome piece together to to remember her life yeah so really sad news hayden but you know, I guess everyone
0: in the New Zealand running community would have run, run across in some way or another Bernie over the years. For yourself, do you have any, any kind of standout memories of, uh, of Bernie? I know for me, I, she always seemed to have that rare knack of getting the best out of herself every time she raced. So I would see her at a lot of um, national cross-country and road championships. Now, I don't think there was ever an easy race. She, she ran herself to the line every time from what I saw they called her Battling Bernie and I (laughs) I I think it was apt because she 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 was one of those runners who yes made it look easy because she was so good but you knew she was working hard she worked so so hard at her running so yeah
1: yeah that's so true yeah and I, um, I, I was part of the Wellington Scottish Athletics Club and we did a lot of handicap races so I had the, the privilege of um, beating her a couple of times in those handicap races and being beaten by her a couple of times when I wasn't too on form but yeah I can definitely testify she was always battling um, often wear these distinctive white gloves in the winter and yes, keep her hands yeah. warm yeah. Um, and yeah she was a great runner a great member of the, the running yeah. community so up next is an interview with paul charteris the the founder and race director of the Tarawera ultra so on the phone with me today is paul charteris the founder and director of the Tarawera ultra marathon so welcome to the show paul thank you very much hayden glad to be here oh, it's um, our pleasure to have you on on the phone um The Tarawira Ultra is obviously forming a a bit of renown, not only in New Zealand as probably our our key ultra marathon, but um, around the world as well. So you must be pretty happy where things are at at the moment?
2: Yeah, pretty stoked, actually. Uh, Well, as stoked as you can be about four and a half days out from race day when (laughs) the the nerves have uh, well and truly kicked in. But, um, yeah, year nine... um, it's a truly international race, and uh, it's, you know it's taken a lot of hard work over a lot of years to to get to this point. Uh, it's certainly not an overnight sensation, but we're we're super happy with the type of event that it is now. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And um, so, if you can take us back um, nine years ago, um, I mean, we kind of just sitting around one one night and thought, oh, how about we run hundred k through the bush of Rotorua? How, how did that all eventuate?
2: Yeah, it probably came about about 11 years ago. I was living in Northern California in in Davis, which is um, near the uh, Sacramento Gold Country. And I got into running Trail Ultra Marathons over in in Northern California and uh, did my first ever Trail Ultra on the Western States Trail. And um, over the course of a few years, built up, uh, did 50 Ks, 50 milers, and. then eventually got to run uh, Western States myself, but uh, got well and truly hooked into the uh, trail ultra scene over there. Um, right at the time that um, trail ultra running was starting to boom, so Dean yeah, Canassas yeah. had just put out his book and uh, races were popping up all over the place. And um, I was due to come back to New, New Zealand. I grew up in Kaurau, uh in the Bay of Plenty and uh, looked to see, oh, what, what cool races are on back home. And... Um, at the time, it was it was Kepler Challenge and one or two others, and I thought, yeah. man, it'd be really cool to put on a, a kick-ass, um, you know, big international-style trail ultra uh, back in my home country and in the area that I grew up in. And yeah. uh, I just knew that there's a whole network of trails between uh, Rotorua and Kawerau and some off-trails, and I thought it'd be pretty cool to just hook them up and uh, and put on a, a real different type of race to what the, uh, the North Americans can provide and... Uh, give Kiwis that sort of experience
1: yeah yeah absolutely um and uh, I mean I can tell and I'm sure other people um who listen to the show who've ever run in Rotorua it's it is a runner's a runner's paradise because it's got it's got hills but they're not they're not crazy so you can still actually keep running um and the bush around there is absolutely stunning so um, I can definitely see how, how that must have fueled your fire. And how did that first year go? There were uh, 67 runners in
2: that first race in um, 2009, and um, uh, one overseas runner amongst them. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a really small field. Uh, we had a 60k and an 80k option, and uh, the year after that we added the 100k, and it sort of uh, has grown from there.
1: Awesome. Was was there a bit of like, what is this crazy distance, sixty, eighty k? Because um, I mean, at the time, sort of a marathon was the the biggest challenge that most everyday joes were sort of tackling. Was there was there a bit of of so sideways glances at the event? Yeah, there was a lot of that
2: actually. Uh because there, there were not a lot of ultras in New Zealand at all, um, yeah. but the adventure racing scene was pretty well established in a multi-sport scene here, so people kind of got the concept, and um, and uh, Dean Kanasa's book and uh, Born to Run had only just come out a few months before, so there was starting to be some sort of awareness uh, amongst the hardcore running community, so yeah, we genuinely had the, the 67 first-year runners were sort of, more hardcore and really, really into um, Trail Ultras right from the start, and many of them are still with the race. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it, the real people that it took convincing were the local authorities, like the councils and <laughs> the forest owners and the landowners, because yeah. uh, they just couldn't fathom that runners wanted to run from Rotorua to Calvary through the bush. They, they <laughs> thought it was just diabolical, and it was... It was a concept that would never last, and so, yeah, it, it, yeah. and quite a few of them said, yeah well, we'll let you go this year because it's a it's a wild fantasy, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we won't have to deal with you again, basically,
1: uh, but no I'm still bugging them yeah, yeah, awesome, um oh, well done for getting through those hurdles and what, did you have some sort of resistance from people around the safety aspects i mean uh, a road marathon, you can obviously drive an ambulance right up to where people might collapse. But for a trail ultra, that's that presents a few different challenges.
2: Yeah, probably the handling the safety of an event uh like this probably is, is would be the the one of the biggest challenges for sure. And uh yeah. anyone looking to set up a similar sort of race, the uh, health and safety requirements in New Zealand now. Are a lot tougher than they were back in um, 2009 when the race was set up. Uh, yeah, sure. They're, they're- so the barriers to entry for creating a new race like this are really quite high because of health and safety. Um, yeah. So you not only have to produce a really comprehensive plan, it has to be independently audited um, and then uh, insurances around it and uh, it has to satisfy all of the landowners and stakeholders in the event and uh, and all of your staff have to be inducted into your health and safety plan and, and uh, you have to verify theirs as well. So... Uh, yeah, yeah health and safety is is a massive one uh so we have a large medical team we have a team of doctors a team of nurses and a team of outdoor safety professionals and uh oh. first aid is on all of the aid stations so it's it's probably a twenty to twenty five strong uh health safety and medical team uh combined uh yeah, awesome. plus also a, a separate risk analysis process um on top of all of that as well so it's uh, yeah, yeah, he's a biggie for this sort of event. Yeah. Uh, and and pro is, is a health and safety nightmare in many respects because you can't access a lot of the course from roads at all. You have to use boats and um, oh, of
1: course, yeah.
2: get ones uh, on and off by water. Um, wow. To of uh, the remote parts, So that poses an extra hassle. Uh, plus, cell phone coverage is uh, shocking on the, the course as well, so remote communications are required.
1: Wow. Yeah, man, that's a lot of challenges. And so uh, for, I heard there was 1,400 people expected for this year's event. Um, so the trails would definitely be pretty full.
2: They're going to be chock-a-block. Yeah, the, uh, the vast majority are entering the 102k race, uh, cool. currently signed up for that. Uh, so which is pretty cool. You, you give people the challenge, and they, they definitely rise for it. Um, out of our total runners, uh just over 50 percent of the field are international, so 50 point one percent international amazing. field, so, which I think may be in, in New Zealand's history, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it might be the first major annual race in New Zealand's running race to become an international race. Yeah, yeah, with um, more, more overseas runners than um, Kiwis are, are
1: taking part. Yeah, well, we were talking Um, about this last week on the show, trying to rack our brains if any other race would have any stats, anything like that. I mean, obviously, like a track race with 12 guys on the track is a lot easier to get that sort of balance. But um, with a mass participation event, I would say definitely it's um, very unique.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it makes it such a fun event too. You're out there with runners from uh, 42 countries this year, so there's a range of languages and cultures and different running styles and habits, and so it's just a real fun day out there. You're running with you know, a Taiwanese runner and then an, an American, yeah. then a Brazilian, then an Icelandic runner. It's just, uh, and
1: you know, the yeah, old so. Kiwi
2: and Aussies, so it's, it's it's a crazy, eclectic mix of people <laughs> out there. Awesome. Uh, which actually also makes it a bit of a challenge for us There's a like multiple language barriers that yeah. we have to, to deal with and uh, as an example last year the the final runner arrived uh, um, around 1 forty five am wow. uh, and um, and uh, Tim day was very kind the race director, very kind enough to uh to uh, take him back to his um, was well, try and find where he was from. Uh, but he spoke no English at all, oh, and the no. only thing he said was, was uh 24, that's the only thing he knew. Yeah, so we we didn't know what hotel he was staying at, nothing, we had no idea. He oh, didn't have yeah. any idea, uh, <laughs> he'd just been running for 17 hours, 18 hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. so so we, we took him back to the holiday inn and we said, We think this guy is yours, and we think he's in room 24. And they looked it up and they said, nope, he's not here. <laughs> oh, no. But he found a spare room and they chucked him in there and he eventually found his way home in the morning and he was came to prize giving and he was stoked. But wow. kind, of, kind of an example is like, you know, some of these runners are, you know, from all over the world and, um, yeah, they pose a lot of challenges, uh, for the organization. That's yeah. For sure.
1: And once you get a bit exhausted, the, the brain doesn't think very clearly, um, having been there myself, <laughs> Yeah, yep, exactly. Now um, this year we've got a really exciting lineup of uh, internationals coming over. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, how how that's come about that a lot of those elites have got involved with the race? Yeah, it's 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 a, a stunningly strong
2: field, and um, I'm going to put the bold claim out there. I think it's the highest quality endurance running field that New Zealand's uh, seen since the 1990 Commonwealth Games. Um, yeah, wow. So I, I think it's the highest quality endurance running field in the generation that New Zealand has seen. Um, yeah. The the quality of the field's come about is, is several different ways. One is the world's we're part of the World Tour, uh, Ultra Trail oh. World Tour. So that's uh, attracted a number of um elites who follow that tour to get points um on that. Uh, number two is word of mouth because we're now in our ninth year, so a lot of runners from around the world have just attended and gone back home and told their friends and told their friends friends and uh so it's, it's uh snowballed that way. Uh, but we also have an elite athlete assistance travel program where we're quite public, and we say we'll pay uh, some of the travel costs for some of the high-profile, fast and elite athletes to to come here and race and help make it a competitive event. So Very all of cool. those combined have uh, have uh, just all aligned to produce a stellar field, and also our, our sponsors like Compressport and uh, Hoka Oni Oni and uh, Tailwind, uh, Julbo. Um, all of these brands have really buff, uh, have really top runners associated with them. They have pro teams.
1: Awesome. And
2: uh, we've got runners from pretty much all of those pro
1: teams uh, coming as well. Yeah. Oh, very cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, I would agree. I, uh, last week, we were trying to sort of rack our brain about other international events with, yeah, with this sort of quality of of, of elite fields. And, yeah, there's not many um, in New Zealand get down this way, so, um, yeah, well done for pulling that together. Um, Thank you. It's going to make it a very exciting race, that's for sure. Yeah, now can people follow the race? Yeah, we'll
2: have a live video streaming at the finish line yep. um, from about 12 noon on uh, Saturday. Um, we'll have an event app, and you can just download the app from our website and uh, track sure. runners on there. Awesome. Um, and then the results will be posted, uh, plus we'll have, um, I run far, we'll be doing live Twitter updates on the, uh, leaders awesome. and our own, um, social media channels. So we'll have, uh,
1: updates there as well. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, obviously it's not all elites in the race, um, for the, your everyday Joes, um, it, Give us a, a few little tips f- for people who might be he- heading to Rotorua for the first time to tackle their first ultra. What what can they expect? Uh, you definitely come
2: to uh, take part in as many of the events as you can. Um, like the Thursday evening game come to our Friday morning pōhiri welcome. Uh, the uh, Elite Athlete Q&A panel is really good. You can get tips from... Literally the best runner in the world at this sort of thing and gets asking questions, uh, the expo. Um, But in terms of the race itself, in in terms of strategy, the number one mistake is always going out too fast, too hard at the (laughs) start. And uh, that's an adrenaline thing, and yeah. um, it's mainly uh, it's mainly guys of my age, the, uh, the middle-aged <laughs> guys, that are the most responsible for it. Yeah, just totally amped up, fueled up on testosterone, and uh, you know when you're strong, when you're a, you know a big strong runner guy, um, that's good over the first uh, twenty or thirty k's. You you run to run with a lot of strength. Yeah, um, but completing an ultra marathon well is all about um, finishing with a lot of energy and finishing with good running form yeah, so the, the real trick is to uh, throttle back a little bit uh, don't go too fast and just run really relaxed and really smooth and run to a constant effort the whole time. So awesome. just keep your effort at a real low um, but constant pace so that you're never really pushing yourself uh, into the aerobic zone at all and uh, oh. and that'll get you through um, Brilliant. I did the hundred K in uh, fifteen hours fifteen minutes. Um nice. and and finished quite comfortably. Uh cool. and was quite quite okay the next day. Uh so uh yeah, definitely don't don't go too fast, don't get caught up in the hype too much. Don't try and chase the race leaders because uh the <laughs> race leaders should be on about uh sub three uh marathon pace for the whole hundred and two K the whole
1: yeah, do not even attempt that sort of carry-on. Yeah, yeah. And are there any hills that people would need to um, need to walk? I, I know it's not a mountainous um, race, but are there any hills that you'd recommend people taking the walking option rather than trying to run up them?
2: Oh, yeah, it depends on your fitness level. There's, there's yeah. tons of hills that you will be walking in the whole race. Uh, really, if, if any hill... Feels like you're uh, pushing it a bit too hard. Running up it, don't run. Just walk. And uh, you know, walking, uh, you'll be a fraction slower, but you'll uh, proportionately uh, uh, be burning a lot less energy. So it's all about energy um, conservation and that sort of thing. Uh, Even the very, very top runners will probably walk uh, for the really steep pinches.
0: 100%
2: the hundred percent of the course is not runnable at all.
0: Yeah,
1: sure. Cool. Um, well, oh, how, how's the weather forecast looking? Are we, are we looking good, or are you trusting the long-range forecast?
2: No, we don't even trust long-range forecasts until about four days out. So yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. have a look tomorrow and we'll, we'll know a little bit better. Yeah. It's uh, No, it's looking quite good. It's a little bit overcast maybe and uh, sunny, possibly no rain, maybe the slightest of drizzles, but... Uh, It's good, it's not too stinking hot. is pretty much the hottest town in the whole damn country, so (laughs) it's luckily not going to be a blast furnace out there on Saturday with a bit of luck, but it's looking like a
1: really good running condition, so it'll be just fine. Awesome. And um, so Saturday, the 11th of February, and people can jump onto uh, the Tarawea Ultra and, and... watch the finish line footage and, and stay in touch with all the, all the news. So all the best for all your preparations for the, the coming days and um, we'll be staying, staying tuned for the results.
2: Cool. Yep, it's going to be a really exciting one, that's for sure. It'll yes. be
1: great. Absolutely. Thanks, mate. Beauty. Thanks, Hayden. Okay, so that was Paul Charteris. Um, what do you think of the interview? <laughs> well,
0: thanks for carrying the weight on the interview. You did it on did it on Waitangi Day, so in my own defence, I couldn't make it. I was, yeah, uh, you
1: were you were deep in an American football game halfway yeah. through a hot dog. Or something
0: yeah, like. I had uh, three hot dogs actually, yeah, wow. and a uh, and a bit of a uh, chili uh, and some nachos. So yeah, it was uh, it was very good. But missed the interview. I'm sure you did a fantastic
1: job. So yeah, Paul was interesting. One of the things that um, that I found particularly interesting was him talking about the the safety logistics like yeah. health and safety as you'll know it's got it's going a little bit crazy um, and running a trail event um, 100k through the middle of summer through trails that you can't drive to um, and have no cell phone reception yeah um, it carries a lot of a lot of health and safety risks and so interesting talking about how they have to combat that and they've got quite a few doctors and medical staff out on the course yeah. and they use boats on the lake and yeah all sorts of things to yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it's interesting I look forward to hearing it. He's done a great job with the event. There's no, yeah. there's no denying that, and it's it's become a real feature of the New Zealand's running calendar. If not, you know, not the athletics calendar, so to speak. You know, there's a bit of a separation, I guess, between uh, the ultra world and the hardcore athletics world. Um, but yeah, we,
1: there, there is, and but I think the separation's getting a lot more blurred yeah, with a lot of guys so. coming through who are like, oh, I'm not going to make it very far running yeah. 31 minutes, 32 minutes for the 10K and oh, yeah. 2.30 for the marathon. I'm just going to step up and I can actually win some of these ultra races. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, um, yeah. No, yeah. I, was, I was more meaning... um even within Athletics New Zealand. So this weekend oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we've got the event, we've got the Tataweda Ultra, but then also the Pirate Classic is in Hamilton. So yeah, you know, athlete, just an hour away. Yeah, Athletics New Zealand, um, they won't be at the Tataweda Ultra. You, yeah, how interested are they in the events? I don't know. it's not they don't have a sanctioning process or anything like that, but it's where the growth is within the running market. So yeah. hopefully Athletics New Zealand will kinda of pick up on the trick at some stage and go oh we need to add some value to this ultra stuff but
1: yeah um yeah, I kind of see ultra running and trail running kind of where uh, triathlon was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Like, it's the thing that people do as their, their big challenge for the year. It, yeah. It's no longer doing an Ironman or a marathon. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm going to do an ultra marathon or this big trail race. Yeah. And it, it's really captured the heart of the everyday Joe. And
0: there's so much opportunity to commercialise that and monetize it. Um, you know, uh, Athletics New Zealand... You know, they, they are slash should be the people who encourage the sport of running yeah. uh, and lead the sport of running. So they're missing a trick, but I always go on about this, you know. And then at the end of the day, their money comes from mostly high performance and, and to do proper
1: athletics stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's tricky because running is, uh, or athletics, it's not just running, eh? That they deal with. It's such a varied sport, and to have this, which is more, uh, I feel like running a trail ultra is more an experience rather than just a sheer athletic endeavour. I don't know. Well,
0: well, it is competitive, and you know we've got some great competitors lining up in this race. Yeah. So who's your
1: picks? Let's get down to business,
0: mate. On the woman's side, I can't go past Magdalena Boulay. So she, she's a bolter. She's run, like, a 2.26 marathon or something you were saying. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, absolute speedster, strong background as a professional yeah, marathon Olympian. runner. Yeah, Olympian. she finished fifth at Ultra Trail Mont Blanc. Is that how you say it? Yeah. In France, the UTMB, which is one of the biggest. And uh, in 2015, she won the Western States Endurance Run, which is arguably the biggest ultra 100 miler in the world. Yeah. So, I'm picking her on the woman's side. Uh... Top Kiwi, you know, I think it's going to be Fiona Havis, who won it last year. I don't think she's going to win it this year, uh, but I think she'll be the top Kiwi. On the bloke side, mate, it's a great field on the men's side, but I'm picking Jonas Bud to repeat, the the Swissman. Uh, He won it last year, and he hasn't done much since then, so he must be peaking for it. And uh, top Kiwi, he's not really a Kiwi, but I'm picking Andreas Ruanos, <laughs> uh, the Lithuanian uh Adopted science. Kiwi, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll claim yeah. him. I think he'll be the top Kiwi finisher.
1: So, what are yeah. you thinking? What are you thinking, mate? Well, Kiwis, on, I want to go for Sam McCutcheon. Come back after the, the big easy two weeks later yeah. and once crank
0: thinking? out. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, he is truly 100% switched to being an ultra runner because yeah. only an ultra runner
1: would want, run back to back
0: hundreds within the same month it's yeah, madness yeah. absolutely
1: um yeah so I hope I hope he can win it and um it would be cool to see Fiona Hayvice, a-, a Kiwi back on the on the podium yep um that'd be awesome um but I think my my picks, uh, Camille Heron, She is the uh, she won the first place in the hundred k world champs last year. Oh yeah, um, it's not Oh no, the year before. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a bit of pedigree, and that, that event's becoming more and more um, more and more a big amazing. deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jim Wormsley rated ultra runner of the year last year
0: oh so you're picking a so, completely different crew to what I'm picking yeah what are we putting we've on we've got to keep 80? it exciting um, <clears throat> 50 cents 50 cents let's put 5 dollars on it 5 bucks yeah go on uh, 250?
1: 2.50 2.50 <laughs> done yeah alright <laughs> Okay. that's that's about the price of a cheeseburger so right
0: <laughs> what you cheeseburger is on the line what are you trying to say <laughs> goodness me alright so,
1: so that's what's happening at the weekend we've got um, the Tarawira Ultra 100k in the heat in the Bay of Plenty sunshine you'll have the shade um of the trees but you also um sometimes the trees can make it even hotter without the breeze so today's training talk running long distances in the heat um you were saying that you went for a a run at the weekend it was a bit toasty
0: yeah it was and look of all people i should be fine with the heat I, i ran um you know five plus years over in beaumont texas where the average Winter temperature was about 23 degrees, and and in the summer it would be north of 30 uh, for our afternoon training sessions. But you might have had a little less insulation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, but what happens is uh, I think it's all about acclimatization. Yeah. And so I was saying this to you before, where I was basically this weekend guilty of uh, doing all of my running. Uh, when i do my running which is either in the morning or in the evening when it's cooler and then it's a nice sunny day and it's a holiday i have a bit of a sleep in and i get up and i go for a run in 24 25 degree heats and and guess what happens you suffer you bonk, because it's a it's a five six degree jump from what i'm used to running it and i think it's quite a common mistake so yeah yeah i i think in terms of uh handling the heats it's all about acclimatisation and just be a bit sensible. Don't don't make a big jump from running in fifteen degrees to twenty-five degrees if you if you haven't done it before.
1: Yeah, and the science behind it, I'm no I'm no exercise science, but from what I what I understand, my limited knowledge of it all is that um, your body's trying to um, your, your skin's uh, the cooling device that your body has, and so your your blood pumps moisture to your skin and then um, evaporates it from your skin, and that's what keeps you cool. But as soon as it gets hotter, um, you're going to need more more blood pumping to the um to your skin and that puts more demand on your heart so um, essentially at let's say you're running five minute k's in 15 degrees centigrade bump that up to 25 degrees um and all of a sudden running that five minute k's is going to be a higher heart rate you're going to require and i actually did a little bit of a test on this a few years ago i strapped a heart rate monitor on and went down to the track and ran some 400s, and then went back later in the day at lunchtime. It was about a 10 degree shift in temperature, and ran the same same workout. Um, it wasn't heavy enough that I couldn't recover for the lunch one. So I was like, uh, I think I did three 400s at kind of like 10k pace. So it wasn't particularly fast, yeah. um, but I was operating at about 15 beats per minute harder um, at that lunchtime session so interesting just that degree so yeah. what are some tips that we can deal with the uh, the long runs um in the heat look i think there's
0: there's three that i can think of and you might want to add to this but I, I think you know acclimatization hydration and slow down yeah you know those are my three so yeah, we call it slowation
1: so they all rhyme
0: Yes, deceleration. <laughs> deceleration. Yeah, so hydration, acclimatization. What was it? Deceleration. Slo- slowation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, hydration is obvious. Um if you start a run in the heat in a slightly dehydrated state, it is really hard to catch up and in fact you you'll not be able to catch up. You'll become more and more dehydrated you'll get cardiac drift which is where your heart rate goes up because you lose blood volume that's that makes it really hard work uh, it's hard to keep your uh, core body temperature low so high you've got to start pretty well hydrated and, and that can be tough uh, through the summer, but it's something you just need to practice and focus on. So, one, hydration. Two,
1: yeah. acclimatise. I'll, I'll just jump yeah. in there. It's not like excessive hydration that you need to down a two litre jug of water, oh, but know. it's just just getting um, slightly beyond what you'd you'd normally be at. So, yeah, um, like have your normal glass of water and then maybe another half glass or whatever.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, you definitely don't want to jug chug a two litre all at once because uh, yeah. you'll just pee most of that out. You've got to drink. Early and often um, So Yeah Hydration is pretty key You should be peeing clear Etc etc So two Acclimatisation What I said earlier Don't don't jump out And run in the heat If you haven't done it And gotten used to it before And then uh, Deceleration uh, Slow downation yeah. that, You know Running in the heat Is uh, It will affect your performance And you just need to accept it So You cannot run 10k, for example, as fast in 30 degree heat as you can in 20 degree heat. It will slow you down. It has a real effect on you, especially once your core body temperature gets to a certain level. It cannot go higher, and yeah. you will slow down. There's there's not much use fighting it. Your body will slow you down to protect your body. Um, so you just need to accept that and be prepared to to go with the flow on slower days. And and you know, you're still going to get a great training effect from a cardiovascular perspective because you're still going to be working as hard you just may not be able to go as fast
1: yeah yeah cool um yeah i absolutely agree and you were mentioning before like there's there's a school of thought that says heat training is is similar in effect um to altitude training yeah Um, and and basically the idea is that your your heart rate's working at a greater intensity even though your feet aren't moving any faster yeah yeah and to
0: preface that there's not a whole heap of research behind that because it's not trendy yeah so all of the research tend to go tends to go towards the the trendy exciting stuff like altitude training and you know masks and living in tents and stuff but if you look at the physiology of it uh running in in really hot temperatures consistently is uh, has a pretty similar effect um from a physiological perspective as training at altitude um and you need to make the same allowances you need when you're training at altitude it's standard accepted practice that you slow down yeah you you bring it down because you can't operate at that same level we just need to uh, you know keep the same thing in mind when training in the heat and understand that your your body's working really hard and you're actually going to benefit from that a lot
1: yeah, cool. Yeah, um, the other things that I would add to it are, are clothing choices. So, oh, um, huge. Yeah. yeah. So, certainly, like removing clothing keeps you cool to a certain extent, but then the sun gets on you, uh, on you more. And I know a lot of ultra runners actually, and Ironman athletes actually cover up. So they will um, wear, the, like Ironman athletes, there's a certain type of sort of speed suit that they'll wear, and it's very light fabric, but it's actually really cooling. Um, and so you 'll see a lot of people in Kona wearing full full length sleeves um, for that purpose. Um, Me, personally, I just like to wear the shorts and just just grim and bear it. Uh, But certainly if I was looking to do a race in the heat, that would be something I'd consider. Um, The other thing I like to do is just map out a little network of taps and um, maybe even like a lake or a river you can just jump into mid-run and cool off, put your head under the water, wet your hat and um yeah just break up the run like that and just giving yourself those times to really chill out and and cool off and as a runner it is good to be it adds another reason to be really aware of your
0: environment a lot of runners there's a lot of taps that are quite subtle even around here we're at the waterfront right now around here there's a lot actually a lot of taps and most buildings if you look hard enough will have a, a tap on them it's worth if you run routes fairly regularly, figuring out where those taps are and you know just stopping for 15 seconds to grab a couple of mouthfuls of water, it's gonna make you feel much better on the run. And uh, you know you're not going to lose a, a massive training effect stopping for fifteen seconds to have a couple of gulps. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And my favourite run in the summer is to actually have a destination swim, like either like halfway through or maybe so two thirds through yeah. the run, and, and stop and do the swim. There's one I used to do in um, in the Hut Valley. I'd run up the Hut River, and there's a couple of spots where you could swim, and it was like a, a swimming treadmill. We'd go about swimming speed, the river would, yeah. and so you just jump in, do a minute swim. Them, then just chuck your clothes back on and carry on with the run. So you do a great make, way to cool off. Kids swim is what you're saying. Uh sometimes I would <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Controversial as always yeah. yeah, If I needed to keep my shorts dry and it wasn't too public a place <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but most of the time the shorts would stay on and I would chafe a little bit on the yeah, way home yeah, yeah. So no, just That's where you can just take a little bit of
0: extra Vaseline, wrap it yes, up in a little
1: yep. uh, little plastic bag or something yeah. Or, or yeah. pre-applied um, Usually the water doesn't yeah. rub it off So Vaseline, few little tricks For
0: people who don't know, Vaseline is like the a miracle products yeah. that all runners should apply often, early, often, and liberally. It's, yeah. it's a lifesaver.
1: Vaseline or, or baby oil. I use baby oh, oil. Yeah, yeah, you a little this.
0: bit. I think it's a bit weird, actually. I don't
1: like the glugginess of Vaseline. Oh, really? I feel yeah, like I'm put, putting on chain grease or something. Putting it on wrong. Oh, just the baby oil
0: is a bit poserish. You know, <laughs> it's like you go off to a photo shoot. But yeah, but it does make your skin I, shine. I think it's half I, of the I, purpose. <laughs> I think it illustrates the differences between you and I as, <laughs> as
1: runners quite well. So we'll leave it at that. I do shave my legs, it's <laughs> true. Very good. They're a bit hairy at the moment. But anyway, right, we've done enough chatting. For the uh, for the week, so um, enjoy your running, everyone. Stay stay cool out there in the heat. Um, follow all the 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 news from the Tatura Ultra and the Nitro um, and the Pirate. Yep, um, lots happening. So goodbye. Catch you next <laughs> week. Cheers. See ya.